In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at a verse that is often used to kind of beat people up with if they miss church. Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But we're going to be taking a look at what the word means itself and what the context around it is telling us about the usage of this word. Does it actually have to do with somebody who doesn't go to church on a particular Sunday or isn't there for a couple of weeks for whatever reason, and I'm thinking legitimate reasons? Let's take a look at what this word, this phrase, this verse means in its own context. Scripture is not discerned by opinion. You cannot rightly apply the Bible until you first rightly divide the Bible. We do not get to decide what the Bible means. We get to discover what the Bible means. Welcome to Rightly Dividing with Ron Anderson. On this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Hebrews 10.25. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Now, this verse is often used as a way to more or less inflict guilt on people if they miss church on Sunday. Is that actually what it's talking about? Is that what the word means in its original context and in the context that we find it here in Hebrews chapter 10? Now, leading up to Hebrews chapter 10 is the explanation and the teaching about the inadequacy of the law system to provide salvation for man and that Jesus Christ is the only sufficient sacrifice for the sins of man. So that's kind of a real short synopsis of the beginning of Hebrews leading up to this passage. Now, this verse, Hebrews 10.25, is found in a paragraph, so it's important that we need, that we go back and we look at what does the paragraph say that this verse is found in, because obviously that's going to have something to do with it. It's going to be all connected together. As we take a look, beginning in verse 19, I want you to take note of the first word of this paragraph that leads to verse 25. It says, therefore... So it is a conclusion or a summation of what has preceded all of the teaching about the inadequacies of the law and the sacrificial system of the Old Testament and the supreme adequacy and sufficiency of Jesus as the once-for-all sacrifice for sin. Therefore, Notice the next word, brethren. So we know who we're talking to. We know it's a summation of what is preceded, therefore, and we know that we're talking or it's being addressed to brethren and not the world at large, but brethren. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, not by the blood of sacrifices and rituals, and all, but by the blood of Jesus, not by works that man does or even adds to, but solely and completely by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near. Now, I want to point out also in this passage, in this paragraph, there are three let us, let us, let us. So there are instructions. It's do this. Because of this, do this. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
Now, verses 24 and 25, the last sentences of this paragraph. And let us, there it is again, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's the section, and it's just a phrase, actually, of the complete sentence. It's, it's a phrase that's lifted out of the sentence and even out of the paragraph, and it's often used oftentimes as a whipping post to inflict guilt on people. And because they miss church for a Sunday or, you know, even when there's legitimate reason uh, that, that, that might be in their life, situ, uh, life situations and circumstances, is that what this is actually addressing? Now stay with me. You want to stay with me through to the end to get the full picture. So where else is this word used? Now, I only have a couple of examples of several places that this word, forsaken, is used in the New Testament in other settings. So let's take a look at other places that it is used so that we might understand the dynamics, the contextual dynamics, and the definition in that day and in that culture, that we're not imposing the way that we understand the word, but we're discovering the way that the original author was using the word. That's extremely important. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me. It's the same word as we find in Hebrews 10.25, forsaken me. Now notice the reason that Paul gives to Timothy as to why Demas has forsaken. Now that doesn't mean that uh, Demas just skipped out on Paul for a day or two or didn't meet up with him here or there or whatever. That's, that's not what's implied here. Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. Notice where his affections are. It wasn't for the ministry serving alongside of Paul. It wasn't for Paul in ministry. It wasn't there. His affections, his desires was the world. He loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. He left. He, forsook, he forsook me and departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatia and Titus for Dalmatia. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, it's interesting in this verse that we have both the word leave and forsake. Now, they're connected, but they're not identical in meaning. Leave is to go away from, you know, that kind of thing, distance yourself from. Forsake, as we're going to find out, means something uh, much more uh, intense. So let's continue on. The word forsake, you can see the Greek word is transliterated there for you, and I don't want to get wrapped around the axle about all the Greek declensions and endings and all of that, but I think it's important to point out just a couple of uh, grammatical things here with this particular word. It's a present active participle, uh, so it's something that happened and, and is ongoing. It's like a state of being, present active participle. The definition that we have is this, to leave behind, to walk away from, to abandon, desert, turn away from, to separate from completely. Oh, 
to separate from completely. In other words, to sever the relationship. Back to Paul referring to Demas. He has forsaken. He has severed the relationship. Now, there are a lot of times that people are not in church for different reasons, and it doesn't mean that they've severed the relationship. Not making excuses for being absent from church attendance, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. Stay with me. Hebrews 10.25. Not severing the relationship, severing from the assembly of ourselves together. Not abandoning the assembling of ourselves together. Hmm. That's what it's talking about, is a complete walking away from the church. It's not talking about a Sunday absence or um, whatever reasons might come up. And let's, let's say there's some legitimate reasons where somebody is not church. We'll discuss those in just a, just a moment. But Hebrews 10.25 is not about somebody who doesn't go to church on a particular Sunday or misses a couple of Sundays. It has to do with somebody or anyone who severs themselves from the, the assembly, the church, just walks away from it cold, who leaves it, who abandons it with the intention of never going back. That's what this verse is talking about. Okay, so let's, I want to share just a couple of uh, observations, a couple of points here. First, I firmly believe that a Christian, a believer, a born-again believer, somebody who calls themselves a Christian, and I'm using the word in a biblical sense, not the cultural concept of the word Christian. That's going to be a subject of another, this doesn't mean that in the future. A Christian, a believer, a born-again believer should be in regular local church attendance. And I mean regular there needs to be a reason, a legitimate reason, that someone is not there, does not attend their local church. So a Christian, a believer, should be in regular local church attendance. And I'm emphasizing local church, and I'll get to that in a moment too. A born-again believer should be a member of a local church. Now, I know that when we are born again, there is that universal church. We're part of the body of Christ at large through all time and across all continents, all peoples, all languages. I understand all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the local church, in a sense, the subset of the larger church where we minister and are ministered to. A member of a local church. I'm emphasizing member there too. We'll get to that in a minute. That means attending regularly. That means serving and giving. Those are three things that are extremely important to every believer's growth and walk with Christ. The body of Christ. Think for a moment. How many books in the New Testament are written to local churches? Now, Romans, it's a group that's a group letter okay to those are the book of romans or we think of acts the historical works there we the gospels all of those but think of how many books of the new testament are actually titled to a local church look them up i'll give you just a clue several of them how about to the church at colossae the church at philippi philippians 
the church at Thessalonica, First and Second Thessalonians, and others. And even the pastoral epistles are written at least in an overall context that it had to do with the church because you're writing to pastors of local churches. A member of a local church attending, serving, giving. My third point here and my final point in this episode. Church hopping and pew sitting are not spiritual gifts. The mindset of some is, I'm going to go for a little while here and a little while there and a little while here and a little while there, and I'm going to go visit this one and visit. And that visiting around churches is not a gift. It's not a spiritual gift. You're not putting yourself in the place of connecting as a member. Membership is biblical. You're not being able to serve. You're not bonding with relationships in that particular local assembly, and you're not putting yourself under the authority of the authoritative structure that we have in a local church. Pastors, elders, deacons. Church hopping is not a spiritual gift. Secondly, pew sitting is not a spiritual gift. Just simply attending is not a spiritual gift. Sitting in a pew and occupying space in many ways, does not make you a member. You can be attending faithfully a church for years, decades, but never be a member. It's important to be a member of a local church, to attend, serve, and give. Back to our verse, Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together has to do with somebody who absolutely just walks away from the church. Now, I do want to say there are, at times, reasons why somebody can't be at church. You're, you might be in an occupation where you have shift changes that rotate all over the place, uh, and, and so it makes it very difficult to be regular, like on Sunday mornings all the time, or Sunday evenings, or Wednesday evenings, but you, you can pick somewhere to be in attendance, one of those services, one of those areas of ministry, or stay in touch, contact with your, your local church where you should be a member and serving and giving. Sometimes it's illness, extended illness. Sometimes it's family members. Sometimes there are life dynamics where we're not able to be in attendance for a period of time. But that's different than what Hebrews is talking about here. This is talking about absolutely severing yourself from the church, walking out the doors, never to walk back in the doors of a local church again and isolate yourself, separate yourself from. That's what this is talking about. Sometimes you might be in transition from one uh, job to another in a different region or whatever, and, and, and you're not able to attend regularly. But most churches, most, most good Bible-preaching churches have multiple services a week that you can probably hit at least one of them, even if that one's sporadic. You can also stay in touch with them. Now, one of the things that has developed over the last decade or so with all of the advanced media technology, you know, the live streaming, which uh, the videos, which I'm looking into a camera right now, is the ability to get up Sunday morning and not leave your home and just flip on a screen or a computer or even your handheld device and still sit there in your PJs with a cup of coffee in your own home and watch a church service. But all you are is a watcher. I'm going to say this. It's hard to be a worshiper to a, with a flat screen. We might be blessed. 
We might be up, uplifted and encouraged. And there is a place for that. There is a place for that. I'm not saying the churches shouldn't have that ministry. We do here at Calvary. We have that ministry. It's intended to continue to touch lives who can't be here, have moved out of the area, those who are sick or convalescing, those who are too restricted health-wise to be here, but it's not meant as a substitute to be in regular attendance. A flat-screen viewer, you're not really attending. You can't really serve. There is a place for that, but unfortunately in today's world, it has become all too easy of a substitute. There is no substitute in a believer's life for being in the presence of a worship service, for being at a local church. So Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. This doesn't mean that in the way that many people use it. It means to walk away permanently. And I hope that's not the case with any of you. If you're not involved in a local church, pray for God to direct you and then begin following up that prayer by seeking out a church that preaches the word, that preaches the gospel faithfully. Attend that church, become a member, and then serve and give there. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Rightly Dividing with Ron Anderson. Once again, send in your comments and your questions. You can email me at rightlydividingtheword215 at gmail.com. Again, I want to encourage you to like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. I appreciate hearing from all of you. Take care. God bless.